Thank you for joining this week's podcast with the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams. By divine wisdom and understanding, the Archbishop reveals how to activate a deeper dimension of our prayers by rehearsing God's promises. NDW Ministries is committed to the mandate of strategic prayer and praying for you. Discover more online at ndwministries.org. Know today that this is God's word of wisdom for you. Be empowered as you listen. Today we are looking at a subject that I've been meditating on for some days now entitled Rehearsing His Promises. Rehearsing His Promises. To rehearse the promises, you must have in you the promises. Sometime last year, I was dealing with a life-threatening situation. And I prayed every prayer I know to pray. And I've made confessions. And the enemy keeps showing me a particular situation. And as I saw, I kept also hearing the same thing I was seeing. He was showing me the same thing and he was saying the same thing. So I was hearing and I was seeing. And it kept on happening. And after a while, my humanity, my humanity began to buy into what the enemy was trying to show me. And I realized after a while that the strategy was to get my attention off the promise of God and the word of God. In the mix of the situation, the crisis and the storm, the Holy Spirit revived a scripture in my spirit. Psalm 119 verse 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven and the Lord said, it's not just settled in heaven, but it is settled in my favor. It is settled in your favor and in my favor. The word of the Lord spoken is settled in heaven in our favor. And it came by a song. Forever, O Lord, the word is settled. Hallelujah forever, forever, oh, yeah, the word is settled, my God, it is settled, one more time, forever, my Lord and God, the word is settled. As I kept hearing this song in my spirit, it reminded me of all the promises of God. And I started thinking of the scriptures, the promises, that He will satisfy me with long life and show me His salvation. That there shall no evil befall me. 
that a thousand shall fall by my side and ten thousand on my right hand and it shall not come near me and only with my eyes I will behold and see the reward of the wicked and the spirit began to quicken the promises in my spirit and then I realized that the Lord was reminding me of his promises that son I keep my word I honor my promises I am not a man that I should repent or lie. If I said it, I have the capabilities to bring it to pass. And as I, the Spirit began to bring up this song, then I had another one. When I remember His promises, I shout hallelujah. 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 When I remember your promises, I shout hallelujah. When I remember your promises, I shout hallelujah. With these two songs, he settled everything for me. And I began to refuse to see what I was seeing. And I began to refuse to hear and to pay any attention to the things that I was hearing and to the things that was going on. And I understood that against all art and contradiction that I will not allow my humanity to take my attention off his promises. And suddenly, I began to rehearse the scriptures. Joshua 1.8 This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That is where you rehearse. Meditating. Rehearsing the promises. And observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous and have good success. So if there is good success, may I subject to you ladies and gentlemen, if there is good success, there is also bad success. Don't be impressed with every success you see. It's not every success that comes from God. There are some successes that comes by Hurting others, stripping others of their inheritance, taking from others what belongs to them through covetousness, through mischief and schemings, and through devices. But that kind of success, you will not go unpunished. It's just a matter of time you pay for it. But the Bible says, if I rehearse the promises of Almighty God, and will not let and allow anything else to come out of my mouth but his promises and observe to do all his promises then he said I will have good success and that word prosperity here means lacking nothing and wanting nothing people think that prosperity is cash having money and material goods like houses and cars and things that is no sign of prosperity because i've seen people with cash with 
deep pockets, liquid, so much wealth and money, and yet are poor. Because poverty is a mentality and an attitude. Poverty is, an, is a mentality of scarcity. Uh, it doesn't matter what you have. If you didn't acquire the right way, you can't bless anyone. You become the Dead Sea. You don't touch anybody. You don't affect anybody. You don't bless anyone. It's, it's about you and your immediate family. And you are even afraid. You are even afraid to let people know you are blessed because you didn't acquire the right way. So you never enjoy it. And when I began to rehearse the promises, there are over 1,600 promises of God. And whether you and I will obtain these promises or not is another matter. And as I began to rehearse the promises, suddenly my divinity came back. My faith came alive. And I had the audacity to speak the promises and to neutralize the fiery darts and the arrows of the adversary and to confront the projections and the manipulations and the ill wills and the predictions of sorcerers and diviners and mediums and those who practice divination, incantation, enchantment and uses familiar spirit to monitor our blessings in order to interfere and manipulate things and I began to speak the word of God and the promises with courage and boldness and with such audacity as I began to rehearse the scripture the spirit of Adonai came upon me and I felt like the lion inside of me was roaring to devour put your hands together somebody Pray in other tongues. Hallelujah. Come with me to please. To 2 Peter 1 3 to 4. If we don't rehearse the promises, we don't have anything to stand for. Because as long as we live, there will be challenges every now and then. The adversary will lift his head every now and then and he will throw things at us and he will throw things at our loved ones and our wives and our husbands our children our loved ones every now and then and you need to rehearse the promises you need to rehearse the promises and believe them as you rehearse them that the promises work Second Samuel 1, 3 to 4. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. You see, before we get to the fourth verse, uh, this is heavy. He said, according as his divine power has already given, has given past things, not that he will or shall. It's already done that the money is in your bank account. It's already provided the provision. Everything that you and I require and whoever have need of in this life, in our journey of life, and in our work with God, every supernatural capabilities and promise and skills is already provided 
that we don't need to depend on anybody. We don't need to depend on anybody's revelation, vision, or prophecy. That we have everything required. That we don't have to be afraid and ever be in a situation where we cannot function till we receive a prophecy or hear from somebody we believe are very gifted. That we can come to a place where all that matters is the promises. All that matters is what God has said. And we can live in the wilderness of Sinai. We can live in a desert. You can put us in Iceland, anywhere. As long as we have access to the promise of God, we will survive and we will make it irrespective, no matter what. Put your hands together, shout yes. Everything, everything we require and we ever need in our working life and in our spirituality and in our spiritual life is made available. But it only comes to you and I through the knowledge, through the knowledge of him. And that lack of knowledge of him deprives and denies us of the provisions already made available. Then look at the fourth verse. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Exceeding great and precious promises. Go ahead. That by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. That through the understanding and knowledge and the illumination of these promises, we might become partakers of his divine nature. Just like him. Just like him. Being like him. Go ahead. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Escaping the corruption that is in this world through lust. Come with me please to first, second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. 2 Corinthians 1 20. For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen. Yeah. Unto the glory of God by all us. the promises of God in him are yea and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, if we don't rehearse the promises, we have nothing to stand upon. We are living in a time and in the history of humanity where there are rumors of wars, tribal wars, Political divides, fears, threatenings, instability. We see the fear of the unknown, projections, intimidation, ill wills, and so many individuals, people seeking our heads, people paying us evil for the good done to them. We live in a strange world when people get blessed. They don't want to be part of where they got their blessing. They want to go somewhere else because they don't want to be reminded that once upon a time they had nothing. So when they get blessed, they become critical of the very place that they got blessed from. They become critical of leadership. Critical of everything and everybody. They have forgotten that once upon a time it was this very place and house. And this very leadership they are critical of that brought them illumination that empowered them to be blessed. They forget. And suddenly they become enemies and adversaries of the very place through which they got blessed. And suddenly this church is too huge and big and we don't care and love one another and they want to go to a quiet and a small place where they can be themselves. Who have stopped you from being yourself? And they start having problems with us. 
because they've come into some money and some recognition and acceptance and relevance and suddenly they don't need the place that helped them they point their finger at the very house that empowered them and they have forgotten that in this life you're always going to need somebody even Jesus the son of God needed a John the Baptist to point finger at him and said to his disciples behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of this world rebellion and a sense of independence from God follow him that was man's introduction of him man's approval then the father God in Jordan spoke and introduced his son and said behold my beloved son in whom I am well pleased hear him he needed God's introduction and man's introduction ladies and gentlemen as long as we live irrespective of how gifted anointed and what kind what whatever prophetic or spiritual powers you you possess or you have you're always going to need somebody to introduce you and you're always going to need someone to open a door and a platform for you never forget it never forget it never forget from whence you have come and who introduced you and never do evil to the people that did you good proverbs 17 13 he said, evil shall never leave the one who repays good done to him or her with evil. Evil will never leave you. It will never depart from you and your house. If you are one that forget the good done unto you, and especially paying evil for good done to you by people whom God used in your journey, you are always going to need somebody to introduce you in this journey of life. One day, a friend of mine took me to a TV station when I live in America. A bishop friend of mine. And he took me to the owner of the TV station, one of the Christian TV stations in America. And he said to him, he said, he's my friend. He will bless your station. He's a good man. You need men like this. Give him an opportunity and he will bless you and from that time up to today i've always had an invitation from that tv station because somebody they respected introduced me to that tv station and told them when no one knew me when nobody was interested in what i had to say said to them he's a good man and opened that door for me never forget never forget don't forget don't you ever forget before you became better than your teacher before you had insight and revelation than your teacher and than your master before you could fight and you had understanding of the fight and you acquired skills to be skillful and masterful in the ring on the field remember that you were coached remember the one that coached you remember your coach and even if you have become a master coach today remember that once upon a time you were coached by the person you think you are better than 
you are supposed to be better than your coach. You are supposed to know better than your teachers. That is what it's all about. Jesus said, greater works than I did shall you do. You will do greater works than I did because I go to the Father. Elisha did 14 miracles. His father performed seven miracles. Joshua did what Moses couldn't do. But on the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross to settle eternal matters and to bring about a new regime and a new era by bringing the old to an end and establish the new order, he needed the fathers and not the sons. It was not Joshua that spoke to Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. It was Moses. It wasn't Elijah. It was the father Elijah. Ladies and gentlemen, the place of fathers and mothers are eternal ordinations. It's an ordination. You cannot compete and challenge an ordination. Gifts does not take the place of ordination. For those of you who follow gifts and charismas, and you follow anointings and giftings and forsake the place of a father and a mother in your life, you are forfeiting your eternal privileges and benefits for, let me tell you, a brother and gifted people don't give an inheritance. An inheritance, whether spiritual or physical, comes from fathers. It is a father that confers and gives an inheritance, not gifted people, not anointed people. Let the deception break over the church. Let the oppression break. Let the deception be lifted. Let the veil break over our eyes. Let our sons, let our daughters be loose and set free. Let churches go free. Let people held at ransom be released unconditionally. Let them be acquitted and discharged that have gone into bondage of error and of darkness. The little coup for some. Put your hands together, give him praise. In order to rehearse his promises, ladies and gentlemen, we must know the word. For Jesus said, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will bring to your remembrance the things that I have spoken to you or taught you already. The Holy Spirit does not work in a void. It works with the word. So when you don't have the word, the Holy Spirit can't work with you. The Bible says in Genesis 1-2 that in the beginning the earth was without form and darkness was upon the face of the deep. But the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And when the Spirit began to brood upon the face of the water, God spoke the word. And the word and the Spirit had an intercourse. The Spirit had something to work with. The word was spoken and the Spirit deployed the word and brought to pass what was spoken. So the Holy Spirit needs the word in you. When Jesus was confronted in the wilderness, for 40 days and 40 nights and he referred the enemy to the scriptures he said it is written it is written he referred the enemy to what was written that was in him he had knowledge of what was written and therefore whatever the enemy brought at him shot or threw at him he had a counter missile he had the capabilities to intercept that missile today i command every arrow and darts and missile that the enemy have shot at us 
God, your family and your loved ones, this house and nation, on the account of the blood of Jesus, let it be intercepted. As we put our hands together right now, we intercept it. We intercept demonic missiles and arrows. Amen. Isaiah 34, 16a. Seek ye out of the book of the Lord mm -hmm. and read. Mm -hmm. No one of these shall fail. He said, search the scroll. Search the scroll. Eat the scroll. Yeah. Pay attention to the scroll for none of the things written therein shall fail. Because he cannot lie. But if you don't know what is written in the scroll and you face a challenge you don't have anything to intercept that missile and the adversary is throwing missiles very that at us on our subconsciousness on our consciousness throwing things at us mentally and emotionally to trouble and to disturb to incapacitate and to make sure that we are unable to rise to the occasion but the devil is a liar. In the name of Jesus, we will eat the scroll. That's why Sunday service is not enough. That's why this attitude of only coming to church on Sunday, you never come to Wednesday Bible school, Bible class, and you don't come to Friday prayer meeting. That is not helpful spiritually. You can't eat once a week. You cannot eat once a week and expect to be well and healthy. You can't. You can't think that Sunday morning meal can carry you the whole week. You are doing yourself a disservice. You are not helping your spirituality. What are you busy about? There come a day and a time when everything you are following after and you are busy after, you will find yourself in bed. You can't move. Can't talk. Can't do anything with your beautiful Rolex watches and your shoes and all those things you put value on and you spend time on. At that moment, you realize that all is vanity. And on that day, God will take into account your spirituality, your work with him, the time you spend with him, how you serve him, and that will determine where you spend your eternity. Ladies and gentlemen, let's make time for him. Why should we have all the time at our disposal? While we are alive and strong, let's serve him. Let's stop playing games with God. Let's get serious. For there will come a day and a time when all the things we have pursued in life will mean nothing. And what will mean everything is our stand with God and our relationship with him which we never took time to invest into and to build upon. Please, let's make time for him. Let's stop getting busy with things that profited nothing. Jesus said for the flesh profited nothing but it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh is already judged and condemned. It is the spirit. 
it is the spirit that giveth life and yet we don't pay attention to our spirit we don't invest into our spirit we are busy following running after everything but we don't take time to feed our spirit I pray that we will wake up to the occasion that we will realize that we are not just here to follow after things to make money to build houses all those things mean nothing you're going to leave it all here and the thing that will get you out of here that vehicle that will carry you from here to wherever you go here after is determined by the time you spend with your relationship with him and we ignore him don't ignore him my friend there'll come a day that you'll need him don't ignore him don't ignore him so that on that day when you cry out and say my lord and my god he'll say i'm here i've never left you but if we spend time chasing everything else and nothing matters our children our family is everything we live for when it comes to god his house his business we don't really care i pray for forgiveness please come with me to matthew 22 29. jesus answered and said unto them you do err not knowing the scriptures nor the power of god he said you err because you don't know the scriptures and because you don't know the scriptures, you lack the power of God. It is the knowledge of scripture that gives us the power or the capabilities or the audacity to withstand the adversary and to counter his weapons and his missiles. As long as you live as a child of God, you will fight the good fight of faith. Whether you like it or not, since the day you got born again, you are enlisted in God's army. And whether you like it or not, Satan has declared war on you. If you came from Ukraine, you can't stay, you can't say that me, I'm not fighting this war. I'm an innocent citizen of this country. Look at babies, women, old men and old women. You don't have a choice. You have been enlisted into God's army since the day you got born again. And you have a fight to fight. And we call it a good fight of faith. A good fight of faith. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual host of wickedness. There is wickedness in this world. There is wickedness. Evil is not something. Evil is someone. And evil is not satisfied till it destroys what is good. You err because you know not the scriptures. You can't rehearse the promises if you don't know the scriptures. Because in the scriptures are embedded over a thousand promises. And it's knowing the scriptures that gives you an eye understanding and the right to appropriate the promises of Almighty God. Psalm 89 verse 34. Psalm 89 34. My covenant will I not break, 
nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. He said, I won't break my covenant. I will not change nor revoke what has gone out of my mouth. If it has come out of my mouth, it shall be done. I was at a prayer mountain yesterday and we're talking with the architects and we're looking at the whole project and the architect asked me, how much money do you have? And I said, faith. And I know he looked at me. I didn't know what was going on in his head. But I said, I have faith. I don't know how much money we have, but I have faith. Because faith is the currency of heaven. Faith is the currency that works in the bank of heaven. It's the currency that works in the supernatural. So I may not have cash, but I have another kind of currency that works with God. Come on, somebody. Put your hands together and say yes. And ladies and gentlemen, as I stood there and I was thinking about the weight of the project, the vast land, and the things that ought to be done and must be done. When I was thinking through, Rosa said to me, babe, what do you think? And I said, it shall be done. It shall be done. It shall be done. There shall be a performance. I believe God that it shall be done unto me, even as it was told me by the Lord. Whenever you think about impossible situation, before you are afraid, before you panic, and before you begin to doubt God and yourself, just say, it shall be done. Somebody say, it shall be done. It shall be done. Come on, say, it shall be done. It's not by might, nor by power, but it's by my spirit, said the Lord. It shall be done. I don't know when, and I don't know how but Lord I believe that it shall be done somebody scream and say it shall be done and as I walk around and the architect was showing me the things that ought to be done and must be done and how much money we need and I was looking at our situation our bank accounts and the giving and everything with everything going on, I just said to myself, it shall be done. How? I don't know. When? I don't know. But it shall be done. It shall be done. One of these days, one of these days, we'll dedicate the first phase, the second phase, the third phase. It shall be done by the hand of Adonai it shall be done come on put your hands together scream it shall be done I will not let any project scare me I am not scared of any project I am not scared of this mountain for it is written who art thou O mountain for thou shall become a plain are you hearing me somebody it is written Every crooked path shall be made straight. Every mountain and hill shall be made plain. Every valley shall be exalted. Come on, put your hands together. Shout yes. Shout yes. Shout yes. I believe God. 
I believe God. 30 years ago, before we came here, everything you see here and other places that we own, I declared it. And folks and people look at me like something was wrong with me. Because I was saying things that my mind could not make sense of. And they saw me, some thought I was arrogant, some thought there was something wrong with him. But everything I proclaim has come to pass. And it's still coming to pass. And I stand to proclaim again before heaven and earth that I will outlast and I will outlive. All those who desire my head and seek for an occasion to make a statement, to prove a point, that they shall be disappointed and disadvantaged. And I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I will outsmart, outlive, and outlast all of them, known and unknown. Malutu kuvandahasas. Hey, hey, kosadidi. Sindi afalakatun kelusu talahasias. Come with me to Numbers 23 19. Numbers 23 19. God is not a man that he should lie. Yes, sir. Neither the son of man that he should repent. That word repent means he doesn't change his mind. You can go and mess me up. You can go and misrepresent me to anybody, which is very common in our society. Yeah, people have this, they have this ministry and anointing to misrepresent other people, to go to the powers that be and lie about you, go and misrepresent you, say things that are not true when somebody is trying, when somebody fights you and they realize that they are not winning and you are too powerful for them, they go and find someone else they think is powerful to get at you and they go and lie about you, misrepresent you. Men, presidents, first ladies, prime ministers, ministers of state, apostles, bishops, archbishops, prophets can change their mind about you when people go and lie about you. They will not even check whether what they are hearing is true or not. They will just change their mind about you, their opinions and perception of you. But there is one who knows all things about you. There is one who knows your end from your beginning and nobody can change his mind about you. It doesn't matter what you go and tell God about me. You can't change his mind about me because he knows me in and out. So that word, nor shall repent. God doesn't change his mind of us. Go ahead. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? If he said it, he will do it. Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? When he says and speaks, he will make it good. For the Lord has spoken, and who can annul? He has stretched his hand, who can turn it back? None. Oh, Taluka Aren't you happy and excited that God is on your side? For if God be for us, who can be against us? Say yes. Yes. And come to Joshua 21, 44 to 45. Let's look at the NIV other translations. 
Thank you, Lord. The Lord gave them rest on every side. May the Lord. Just as they are sworn to their forefathers. Hear me. I declare against all contradictions and against every storm and against all the complications and crises in your life, in the life of your sons and daughters, your business, your investment, your marriage, in the life of your wife and your husband and this house and country, I declare that 2022, you will not rest on every side. You will not rest all around you. There will be no adversaries. There shall be no evil occurrence in your life anymore. Come on, put your hands together and say yes. Say yes if you believe it. Go ahead. Not one of their enemies withstood them. Not one. Anyone that calls themselves an adversary. Anyone that calls themselves an enemy within our own dwelling, within our house and beyond, home or abroad, whoever they are that call themselves enemies, known or known, they will not, they will not, they will not proceed any further. Yea, they will not do us any harm anymore. Yea, their defenses depart from them. Yea, they shall fall by their own devices. Yea, they will fall by their own sword. Yea, they will fall into the very pit they have dug for us. Yea, they will fall into the very net they have set for us. They shall be disadvantaged. They shall not prosper. They will be put to shame. They shall be disappointed. That seek and desire our help and waiting for an occasion to make a statement or to prove a point against us, our family, our loved ones, our country. Yea, let them be as chaff before the wind. Let the angel of the Lord persecute them. Let them be as grass upon the field that withers away before it grows up. Yea, let them be like the flower that faded by the going down of the sun. But as for us, O oh Lord, our eyes are upon you. Come on, put your hands together and give him praise. The Lord gave all their enemies into their hands. The Lord shall deliver every known and unknown enemy into our hands. And they will not go unpunished in the name of the Lord Jesus. They shall not rejoice over us. They will not have an occasion to say, aha, aha, this is the way we will have it. Yea, they will never have an occasion to prove a point. Aluta kadi sava, bolasa kantu walati, apandika san. Lift up your hands and pray in the Holy Ghost for a minute. Amen. Go ahead. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Not one. Everyone was fulfilled. I declare to you that not one of his promises concerning you and your household and family shall fail. That everyone shall be fulfilled because faithful is he who has promised and he has the capabilities and the power to make it happen. Put your hands together. Shout yes. Come on somebody. Shout yes. Scream. Go ahead. Okay. Let's move on. To Isaiah. Isaiah 23. 43, 
25 to 26. I, even I, am he that blotted out thy transgressions for my own sake, mm -hmm. and will not remember thy sins. Mm -hmm. Put me in remembrance. Yeah. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. How do you put him in remembrance when you rehearse it? We put him in remembrance of what he has promised to do for us when we rehearse what he has said, when we rehearse what he has promised. When we rehearse it, I doubt not the God of our fathers who did deliver them from the hands of their enemies and smote their enemies before them and drove the enemies away from them and parted the Red Sea and brought them to the dry land. Are thou not God who delivered them from the plagues of the land of Egypt and from the power and the, and the sword of Pharaoh? Oh, Kassidabahans. It's time to rehearse his promises. It's time to rehearse his promises. Yes, God is good. Yes, God is good. Yeah, yeah. Yes, God is good. Yeah, He's so good to me. Yes, He's good. Oh, yeah, oh, 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 oh
Hallelujah. Testify that everything God said about the land was true. That it flowed with milk and honey. Go ahead. And this is the fruit of it. They had a proof of what God said. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. Mm -hmm. And the cities are walled mm -hmm. and very great. Mm -hmm. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Mm -hmm. The Anakites, sorry, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan and Caleb still the people before Moses and said let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it but the men that went up with him said we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we 
And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giant, the sons of Anak, which came of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so were we in their sight. Now watch this. It's amazing how the things we see and hear can impact the choices we make in life. These ten spies came back, testified that everything God said about the land, he promised us is true. However, he said that the land eats up its own inhabitants. How can a land that eats up its own inhabitants produce giants? If the land eats up its inhabitants, then how come there are strong men and giants in the land? They shouldn't have been giants. It doesn't make sense. Sometimes it's amazing how the adversary can fool us and deceive us to believe a lie and accept a lie. They believe what they saw, the ten spies. Then the entire children of Israel believe what they had. And only two believe God's promise. If we don't rehearse the promises, we will end up believing the things we see and hear on the internet, social media, and television, and the media. We will not believe the promise, nor believe what God has said. We will end up like the kids, the children of Israel, believing what they heard and what they saw. You cannot be moved by what you hear, nor by what you see. Because ladies and gentlemen, there is only one reality in life. There's only one reality. And that one reality is what God says. Everything else is a lie. Isaiah 48. He said, The grass withereth, the flower faded. But the word of our God shall stand forever. That is the only reality. Everything comes to pass. But it is only the word of God that stands forever. So stop telling me about your reality. There is only one reality. And it's what God says. We don't have two realities. There's one reality. You either believe God or you don't believe God. The ten spies believe what they saw. The children of Israel believe what they heard. What do you believe? Whose report will you believe? You have the choice to believe the report of the Lord or the report of men. I've been dealing with so much and going through all kinds of situations and I see that the Lord is testing my faith throughout some of the through some of the things I'm dealing with, I see the Lord is testing my faith and also my obedience. Because, and he's also teaching me new skills. New skills. And I 
I'm dealing with a situation and it looks bad in the natural. But in my spirit, I feel peace, green light and victory. And yet, physically, everything is falling apart. And everybody say, Papa, you got to do something. Papa, what are you doing? Papa, have you heard? Papa, what's going on? Papa, do something. And inside of me, I know there is nothing I can do because God is working it out. And that I have the victory already. That the outcome is going to favor me. But yet physically, I'm pressured. I'm under pressure to say something and do something. And the Lord is saying, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to do anything. I'm handling it. Just hold your peace. And my humanity and my flesh is not allowing me. And people around me are not allowing me to obey God and to let the spirit have his way. So I'm pressed alive. And sometimes my humanity tries to take over from my divinity. And I say something I shouldn't say. I do something I shouldn't do. And I feel grief in my spirit. And the Holy Spirit is very gentle. And he will whisper and say, but I told you I'm handling it. Why are you doing this? Why are you interfering with the process? Why don't you just let me handle it? Why don't you trust me? Why don't you lean on me? Lean Lean I'm hearing doesn't look like anything is changing and the things I'm seeing contradicts the witness of my spirit and it's like everything is falling apart you gotta do something Papa act do something and the spirit says do nothing then somebody say have you called so so and so and the spirit said don't call anybody don't call anybody your life is in the hollow of my hands 
I am your defender. I am the God of the armies of Israel. I am Yahweh. I fight your battles. Call nobody. Say nothing. Hold your peace. And sometimes I can't help it. Sometimes my, my, my humanity wants to prove a point. My humanity must say something. And the spirit says, you don't have to say anything. Let me do it. Let me handle this. And then somebody will suddenly come to me and bring up the subject that the spirit say do nothing about. And suddenly it brings it up and it's a trigger. It triggers something in me and my humanity want to step out and prove a point. And then after I have said something, after the spirit says, but did you have to say anything? So what has happened? I have to start all over again. I failed the test. So he said, no problem. I'm still working it. I'll give you another opportunity to see it. Then when another situation comes out and the trigger comes and I don't respond and I stand down and yet it hurt. My flesh is hurting. My humanity is hurting. Ah! Then the spirit is rejoicing inside and say, you did good. You did good. Lord, lift me up and make me stand by faith on hand, being stable and yeah, Lift me up and make me stand by feet on high. Yeah, stay Yeah, You know, I'm telling you, to stand on a higher place and a higher ground, you have to crucify this flesh. You have to be void of ego and self. You got to come to a place where nothing matters anymore but your relationship with God. Nothing matters anymore but God's approval of you. We are so blessed to have you listening with us on the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams podcast today. Our ministry exists to equip and empower God's people with the transformational power of apostolic prayer and deliverance. You can partner with us by bringing the revival of prayer to our global community and sowing a seed. 
renewing your mind through our books, or increasing your knowledge through our online school of ministries. Access all our resources at www.ndwministries.org. Know today that we are partnering with you in daily prayer for daily triumph. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and we look forward to you joining next week. Give him your love. He's in love with us.